This is a podcast from 3RRR, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. The real story of the ocean depths begins where you left off. Wonders that defy my powers of description. The secrets that are mine alone. Morning. It's uh, two minutes past nine. You are tuned to one hundred two point seven three triple R. You may be listening via rrr.org.au, wherever you are, whenever you are. Welcome to Radio Marinara. We are the program about all things wet and salty. My name is Bron Burton, and I'm Angeline Charles. How are you, Angeline? I'm good. Welcome. How are you? Welcome. <laughs> Talking to you like you're a guest. Oh, so good to be here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm well. I'm well. One week out of Radiothon. Very exciting. It is very exciting. Yeah. The jewel in the junk heap. Aren't we? We are. You know, not, not <laughs> us individually, but... A, a radio station, R. absolutely. Yeah, it's always a very exciting time. We'll talk a bit more about that through the show. And uh, thank you very much, Tim, for um, beautiful vital bits. It was a lovely show this morning. It was. I did enjoy it. Mm. All right, our program today... It's funny, often on this program we talk about the show being quite eclectic... And, uh, and that's a great thing because we sort of feel like there's something for everyone. What we're doing today is kind of bringing it back to community and connections and what this is uh, all about, which is us all banding together and uh, doing what we think is a, a good thing and what we know in, is a good thing. We're going to be spending um, a fair chunk of the show speaking with Marine Protection volunteers who are all gathering this weekend in Warrnambool for the third... Uh, third? I was going to say third annual. I'm not sure if it's every year. We'll work that out. Um, it's called Share the Love, and it's a, a forum which takes place over the course of a weekend and brings together volunteers from all over Victoria 
who have a role in um, protecting our marine environments. And so largely they're connected to various friends groups um, uh, that are associated with marine national parks and marine sanctuaries. They've been in place for uh, 14 years now and in a different place. So you might remember um, last time we caught up with uh, Share the Love, it was down in uh, Wilson's Prom. This time it's in Warrnambool. Ah, old Warrnambool. Yeah, where apparently... (laughs) It's uh, the weather is magnificent. So, just speaking um, on the phone earlier with uh, Chris Haywood from Parks Victoria, uh, he's holding Mark Rodriguez's phone because Mark Rodriguez is underwater as we speak. <laughs> as he would be, of course. He's sneaking in a quick dive. <laughs> Good on you, Mark. So, uh, after we play our first track, we're going to be crossing to Warrnambool to speak with Mark and then a lineup of some of the great people who are down there. So we've got Louise Arthur, who's the convener of Share the Love this year, uh, Stefan Howe, who's the Marine Parks Manager uh, for Parks Victoria, Cade Mills, who's the new Reef Watch Coordinator, oh, great. and uh, also Don Love from Friends of Beware Reef. So we've got yep. some great things to talk to Don about, including their, uh, their 100th species recorded through their great citizen science program down at Beware Reef. Terrific. So great fun. Really looking forward to catching up with all these wonderful people. So if the weather's good down there, it must be pretty good here too, Bron. Indeed. Can we get to the weather in just a sec? Oh, okay. I'm going to go through the rest of the program. We're also going to be crossing... Um, so we'll have, a, we'll have a little pause between our, our Share the Love special and uh, we're going to go down to Blairgarry to catch up with AJ from Dive to You and uh, AJ is one of the organisers of this great sponge transplant. This is the uh, what I understand to be a world record attempt... <laughs> <laughs> which is not the point of it, but it, it's a, kind of a nice bonus if is, it happens to be a consequence. Is that in that this is the first time it's been attempted? or Of something of this magnitude. Of this magnitude okay. Yeah. So uh, if you're wondering, if you haven't heard what we're talking about, uh, a huge transplant of not just sponges but uh, ascidians and all kinds of other marine invertebrates from the existing Blairgarry Pier, which needs to be replaced because it's full of shipworm and rotting from the inside and falling to bits. Uh, and what they're doing is transplanting all these creatures onto brand new uh, surface or substratum, as we call it, uh, bit by bit. So piece by piece as they assemble this new pier. So it's really amazing stuff. And uh, we're going to catch up with AJ and find out how it's all travelling. Sounds great. Mm. Then we're going to go back to Warrnambool. And then uh, to close the show, very excited, we're going to have uh, in studio uh, Rob Jill from the Victorian Coastal Council and Mick Sowery, who is a long-time friend of Radio Marinara, and they're both involved in the upcoming Coast to Coast Conference, which is taking place during Radiothon, might be just towards the end of Radiothon. Uh, so we want to catch up with them now before it kicks off. Um, Rob was actually in uh, on Community Cup Day, actually, uh, just giving the event a bit of a plug. We didn't really know at that stage what was going to be coming in terms of um, conference presentations and uh, special guest speakers. Uh, so Rob's now, well, we all are full bottle on that and Rob's going to come in and have a chat about it. And Nick's so, going to be talking about his special presentation that he's doing for the conference dinner. It's important to note too that tickets are still available. Yes. If you're impressed by what you hear today, you oh, can I, still buy a ticket. And you will be. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Weather. Thank you. There goes a few sound effects for you. 17 degrees. Oh, it's going to be nice. Partly cloudy. Uh, slight chance of a shower in the late morning and the afternoon about the eastern suburbs. Light winds becoming northwesterly up to 25 kilometres an hour in the morning, then becoming light in the late afternoon. Tomorrow it's going to be 18 and mostly sunny. Oh, nice day. Tuesday, 18 and mostly sunny. Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, 16 and a shower or two. 
19 on Thursday with a possible shower and then back down to 15 in a shower or two for Friday. Wow, it's yo-yoing around this week. But, uh, yeah, take-home message is the next three days are going to be sunny and warm, almost kind of heading into spring temperatures. On the waters today, strong building swells producing excellent waves west of Melbourne. Uh, water temperature is 13 degrees. That's still quite chilly. Phillip Island, experienced surfers will find very good 1.5 metre waves at the reefs. On the Mornington Peninsula, open beaches are too big and bumpy. Try Western Port, uh, maybe this afternoon. And on the surf coast, Bells and Winky Pop have clean 1.25 metre surf. It is expected to get bigger during the afternoon. And finally, the tide times down at the heads, heading for a low tide at about 1 o'clock and then a high tide, uh, which is irrelevant because it's at 7.21 this evening. So one o'clock for that low tide, which is the important one. Let's do a quick bit of news, Angeline. Well, you know, Bron, how long do you think a shark lives for? Does it depend on the species of the shark? Well, it does, it does. But, you know, would you think 70 years, 50 years, 20 years? Oh, yeah, I'd probably go around the 50 mark. I know where you're going with this. How about 400? <laughs> yes. What spectacular news. It was great news this week. Um, Scientists from the University of Copenhagen and the University of Oxford have been able to put an age on the Greenland shark, which is a a very deep sea shark, goes to about uh, five metres and uh, lives in the the, uh, North Atlantic. That's that's how much it grows. That's not how deep it goes. Oh, no, that's right. It goes into very, very deep waters. It's a very deep sea animal. Um, And they've been able to use a very special technique. So normally you would age sort of like a hard structure in in an animal to look at the the age, like an otolith or a bone. But because these sharks uh, don't have any calcified structures, they can't use those traditional techniques... So they've developed a technique where they analyse the eye nucleus lens and they did this for 28 females that sadly, unfortunately, were accidentally caught during bycatch during the uh, Greenland Institute Natural Resources Annual Fish and Shrimp Surveys. But they're also, these sharks are also caught in bycatch quite regularly. And uh, so that the the, um, eye tissue is... A metabolically inactive tissue, which means it doesn't change significantly from the time of their birth. Right. Uh, so they were able to use this ra- radiocarbon dating oh, method on the eye material. That's right. Right. And have come up with this age of around about 400 years. Oh, my God. Isn't that incredible? So to think sharks swimming in the ocean were born in the 16th century, you know, sometime 1625, are still with us uh, it- swimming around. I was reading about this during the week. So at the time that this shark was born, James I was the King of England. Yes. Oh, I have to um, go back. There was a whole lot of other stuff in there as well. But, yeah, in the 1600s. Well, they, they compare it to the uh, the sailing of the Mayflower and the arrival of the pilgrimages, the pilgrims in 1624. So that's the date that they've chose to, to highlight as, a, as an example of signifying how old these sharks are. So one of them was... Uh, five metres, which they thought uh, calculated out to 392 years old, which is, um, you know, absolutely amazing to think animals can live that long. Unfortunately, though, as I said earlier, these sharks accidentally end up in bycatch across the North Atlantic quite frequently. Uh, So terrible to think that they've gone so many years and then we come along and just... 
uh, change life for them. That's Who right. knows how long they could go for. Or end life for them. Yeah. That's, I know, that amazing story. Last week we had the story of a whole new species of whale that had been discovered and, and here we are this week talking about uh, a shark which is 400 years old and it just is extraordinary that the discoveries just keep coming. Yeah, and how much we don't know about our deep oceans. That's right. Ever, uh, ever more important that message of research and conservation. It is. Great. Thanks, Angeline. You're welcome. Now, this weekend, Marine Protection volunteers from all across Victoria are gathering in Warrnambool for the third Sharing the Love Forum. Friends of uh, Merai Marine Sanctuary in Parks Victoria are hosting the event, which celebrates and supports community involvement in Victoria's marine national parks and sanctuaries. It's a brilliant opportunity for marine volunteers from Warrnambool to Gippsland to compare notes, share stories and encourage each other to keep doing the amazing work they do. We now cross to Warrnambool to catch up with Mark Rodriguez program leader Marine Coasts and over the next half hour we're going to be talking to some of the wonderful people who do go above and beyond to make sure we all have marine ecosystems protected and monitored into the future. Good morning Mark. Good morning Bron, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Oh a little bit chilly, just gotten out of the water and the uh, on the breakwater it's about uh, I think 11 degrees in the water but uh, good to get in there and actually get, uh, get refreshed for the morning, ready for you guys. That's dedication Mark, I'm very impressed. <laughs> Well, uh, again, in terms of the dive conditions, if we want to do a quick dive report for Warrnambool, I'd suggest uh, stay home and go to the coffee shop instead. But anyway, it's, <laughs> it's all worthwhile. Um, it's uh, a good opportunity to get up close and personal with some help. Before we get on to the forum on this weekend, um, can you tell us a little bit about the dive and what kind of diving there is in Warrnambool? Well, it's actually a stunning place to dive. In fact, this whole west coast is probably one of the, you know, for, for divers, particularly from the Melbourne region, who, you know, want to go out and see something quite different. It's a really stunning landscape. A lot of limestone uh, coastline, which gives way, obviously, with the, with the erosion of the sea to fantastic gutters, arches, etc. Twelve Apostles, obviously, is the most obvious feature of that. But in the Warrnambool area, we've got a, a really stunning coastline. The Merrow Marine Sanctuary itself, which I'm looking across at the moment, has got a couple of uh, quite large islands in the middle of. Uh, there's an artificial sort of uh, breakwater that's been created to provide a safe harbour for boats and things. But in the sanctuary itself, you've got a, a whole range of sort of limestone, uh, calcarinite sort of formations uh, below the surface that's quite affected. Uh, there's kelp forest, and there's probably some of the, some of the most easily accessible macrocystis or giant kelp forest uh, remaining in Victoria. is actually here in Warrnambool. I guess the beautiful cold water of the Southern Ocean helps keep, keep that flourishing. So it's really quite a spectacular uh, coastline for diving um, it's, uh, I guess, challenged a little bit by weather, certainly um, this time of the year, although the locals say, uh, you know, winter's probably some of the best time to go diving. But, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a coastline that's got uh, 5,000 kilometres of ocean to the south uh, and then Antarctica. So uh, you could imagine it's a, it's a little bit chilly at times and uh, the swell is probably the main thing to consider. Yeah, and absolutely worth it considering uh, the glorious things that you get to, to see and witness when you're down there. Let's turn our attentions now to uh, share the love. Where did this all start? This is number three, isn't it? Well, this is number three. Look, it started actually with a whole lot of community volunteers basically talking about the fact that while they do some fantastic work, it's, it's often done, well, previously it used to be done a lot in isolation. So as listeners would be well aware, there's you know, fantastic groups right across the coast. And here this weekend we've got groups as far apart from, uh, from Warrnambool all the way through to Orbost and the Beware Reef crew. Uh, but in the past, most of these groups tended to operate pretty much in isolation. You'd catch up at the odd you know, coastal conference or something like that. Uh, but the opportunity to bring people together with a very specific purpose of actually sharing information, of having a look at you know, what other people have developed in terms of resources and things, of rebuilding, rekindling passion, of perhaps even tackling some of the challenges that 
isolated groups and particularly isolated group space in terms of recruitment and membership. Really good opportunities for people to share ideas and just simply build on their own personal experiences by, you know, engaging with other people who've got obviously very, very similar passions and uh, uh, directions for what they're trying to show. So, uh, how have things been going um, this weekend down in in windy Warrnambool? It's pretty windy down there. We can hear on the yeah, line. Do you want me to check, mommy, get out of the wind a bit? Across a little bit there. Oh, that'd Probably be. Get some, uh, uh, we get some beach sound effects in the background there, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll move behind the back of the toilet block. That's, that's a very <laughs> nice place to be. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but no, it's, look, it's been going really well. We've got over 40 people who've been working for this over the weekend. Uh, and again, as I said, they, they come from as far away as uh, from uh, Far East Gippsland all the way across to... We had one of our participants yesterday was in from Portland. So, yeah, pretty well covering the entire state in terms of... Uh, marine groups, marine activity, etc. Uh, we've been hosted by Deakin University, which has been a fantastic opportunity for us and really, you know, I want to put my, put my uh, word, good word out there for them. Uh, their marine science program and uh, Professor Jerry Quinn, I believe you know quite well, uh, yes. has been very kind to us. He's actually provided the facilities here at uh, here in Warrnambool um, for, the, for the group at no charge, which is just fantastic. And again, it's a, it's a great reflection of the, the wonderful marine science program that Deakin University Offer. We've had quite a lot of the students from uh, doing the marine science program down here actually participate. Um, a couple of the younger younger participants uh, uh, from that uh, that particular group were great, and and I guess that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed seeing is the diversity of ages. You know, the fact we've got you know some of the more senior senior marine aficionados like the Don Loves of the world, but actually mixing it up with you know sort of eighteen and nineteen year olds and because we share such a such a lot in common and such a common interest in marine environments, etc., it's just great to see that sort of cross-generational information exchange and it really is about sharing the love of, uh, for our beautiful marine environments. It's just wonderful and it's so fantastic that, um, that Parks Victoria does this uh, in conjunction with Deakin in, in terms of providing that opportunity for, for the volunteers to all come together and, and kind of share their stories, as we were saying before, and, and maybe look to some solutions. Is, are you finding that a little bit in discussions that some of these problems that come up have, you, you can get solutions from other, other parts of the state? Well, that, that's exactly right. You know, sort of, you know, the issues like, um, you know, for some groups it's around recruitment. How do you actually retain or encourage particularly younger people to get involved? I mean, as I said earlier, there's quite a few of our groups are getting a little bit older and it's, it's important that they continue their work. We've got a bit of knowledge transfer and things like that. So that's really very much what it's about. Had a couple of great information information sharing sessions yesterday afternoon. So different people have put their hand up to run workshops on things like uh, uh, underwater filmmaking at a, at a wonderful uh, workshop essentially on how to put together an underwater film uh, run by Kerry Tate. Uh, we had uh, we've had Kate uh, from uh, Reefwatch was here running a running a session on fish ID and looking at basically at how we revise the uh, Great Victorian Fish Count going forward. Had some uh, had some good discussions about the new partnerships that PV are, are seeking to do and get engaged with uh, communities in terms of getting a better understanding of what it is that the community people want from us in terms of managing parks. So yeah, it's been been some really terrific, very uh, very positive and very encouraging uh, conversations. And uh, as I said, at the end of the day, it's it's really about. It's about building that network and ensuring we're all in touch with each continue to be in touch with each other. If, uh, I'm pretty keen to have a chat with Stefan in just a moment, but a couple of quick things I wanted to ask you. One was um, are water quality issues in marine sanctuaries. Now, uh, this might seem like a bit of a strange kind of tangent, but it is something that is consistently can be a problem, isn't it? It is, and look, it's a very relevant one for the Warrnambool area. Um, 
the Merai Marine Sanctuary, which is uh, the, the, the marine, major marine protected area in this in this region. We've got 12 apostles not too far away and then Discovery Bay right over in the far west. But the Marine Sanctuary here in Warrnambool is actually right in the middle of the township itself. So it receives water from a, a fairly large catchment. Um, and over the last month and a half or so, there's been a lot of rain, basically, in, in Western Victoria. And the consequence of that, if you actually walked out, if you're looking across at the Marine Sanctuary at the moment, it's a bit like a chocolate milkshake at the moment. It's, um, you know, very much a consequence of what's actually happening up in the catchment. And because of the way that we've, you know, managed the land in the past, there's, uh, a, it comes through a lot of uh, farming country, particularly dairy country and things. Uh, EPA did a report on the uh, water quality in the Merai River back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and uh, identified a whole range of sources of, of sediment and sources of nutrients that are actually flowing down in Merai, the Merai River, into the Merai River itself. And ultimately, that all ends up in the marine sanctuary. And one of the projects that uh, we've been involved with, along with Warrnambool City Council, uh, the Coast Care Land Care groups in the area, um, and you know, bringing partnerships with farmers, dairy farmers, and urban dwellers, and stormwater design people, etc. There's been a project uh, we call it Mad for the Merai, which is a that sounds a bit strange, but it's actually an acronym for Making a Difference for the Merai, and it's really focused on trying to improve the water quality uh, in the Merai River itself uh, with the ultimate aim of actually protecting some of the values in the in the marine sanctuary. Um, some of the things have you know, been quite uh, quite fundamental things like, you know, trying to remove cattle off uh, stream frontage and reduce some of the uh, erosion that's occurring on the on stream banks, revegetating coast, uh, uh, sections of riverside, etc., as well as looking at some of the stormwater issues uh, through the council. So, look, it's a great project and it's a really, I think, a, a good example of what you know communities and uh, organizations partnerships can do to protect marine values where you've got water quality challenges and uh, you know it's a, it's a it's great to see the partnerships that are there i wouldn't say that the, the problem solved and certainly from looking at the water at the moment i think there's still a lot of work to do but it is great that there are at least some initiatives around to actually address that specific issue and that specific threat to uh, marine values of poor water quality. Yeah, that's right. And I'm sure um, other marine sanctuaries around like Ricketts Point and Jawbone is two kind of examples from Port Phillip Bay uh, and, uh, and others as well facing similar challenges. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and, and similarly in Western Port as well, the three, the three marine protected areas in Western Port, uh, particularly Yuringa Marine National Park, which sort of sits up the top end, just north of Hastings, uh, there's some really serious water quality issues impacting on a number of parks in that area, uh, down in South Gippsland, uh, Corner Inlet. Uh, the beautiful Corner Inlet Marine National Park as well as the Marine and Coastal Park is really challenged by, again, the same sorts of challenges we're talking about here of, you know, eroding uh, eroding hillsides, you know, too much sediment in the water, uh, essentially ending up in the water and uh, causing challenges for both marine plant communities. Clearly, if you've got cloudy water, it's very difficult for the plants to grow. Um, and similarly, issues of smothering and, you know, nutrient enrichment and things causing algal, algal growth over, over other surfaces. So, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very, not just a unique, problems over Victoria. Obviously, this is one of the major problems facing marine environments around the world. Great Barrier Reef and many other places basically are facing the same challenges. But it's what we actually do about those challenges rather than just sort of throw your hands up in horror and go, look, there's some brown water out there that's just terrible. It's, uh, it's about a community actually willing, being willing to work together to try and tackle some of the issues, whether they be urban issues or, or rural issues. That's it. been speaking uh, with Mark Rodrigue. Whoop, there he goes. Talking with Mark Rodrigue from Parks Victoria. He's passionate. He's very, very passionate. And it's uh, an amazing effort. It's so wonderful to see. Uh, you're listening to Radio Marinara on 3 Triple R. Estamos escuchando Radio Marinara en 3 Triple R.
Indeed, you are listening to Radio Marinara on 3 Triple R. We're now crossing to our, I'm not sure whether he's in Blair Gary. We're going to find out. AJ from Dive to You. Good morning, AJ. Good morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thought we'd better uh, have a bit of an update on the great sponge transplant. Um, I think we last caught up with you two weeks ago. How's it been going? Uh, very successfully so far. We've uh, transferred in excess of about 650 um, sponges in the city and so far. 650? Um, yeah, in just three wow. sessions. So, yeah, it's been amazing. And the volunteers have been fantastic as well. We've had great turnouts every day. So, uh, how, so in the grand scheme of things, and I guess for our listeners who haven't caught up with um, with what's been going on here, this is a, and, and are we, we going to call it an attempted world record? Are we are we heading for a world record attempt here? I know this is kind of like a, a almost a byproduct of what you're really doing, but um, can we call it that? Oh, we might as well because it's that big. Um, <laughs> whether the Guinness people are going to come down and help us out, we don't know. But the point is, is it is massive. We've six hundred and fifty of about. Five and a half thousand so far. So we've still got a big job ahead of us. Yeah. Um, ultimately, what we need though is a lot more glue. Yeah. So what's going on with the bio glue? You've, uh, your supplies are a little short, are they? Yeah. So the initial donation, uh, we had about 1.8 litres initially donated to get us going and go through our feasibilities, and we've exhausted that uh, yesterday. Uh, the last little drop out of the last little syringe. So um, we've created a crowdfunding campaign for people to uh, help uh, help us out and get on board and donate what they can so we can purchase the remaining 53 litres of glue that we need. What about sponsorship? Is there any likelihood of heading down that road? Yeah, we'd love people to, to approach us in any capacity. We've got people wanting to come on, on the research component following this, but ultimately if people want to sponsor days uh, and we can, uh, you know, do shout outs and support them, you know, get whole dive clubs and crews and all sorts of businesses down. We're really open for all that sort of stuff. Great. So, in the meantime, have things kind of uh, been put on pause until you get more glue? Is that sort of where it's at? Well, lucky for us, the wood supply was delayed uh, another week. So, we've had a bit of a luxury of time to finalise our little process underwater. So, but they're getting their wood tomorrow. So as of this week, they're up and running. So this week, we've got some funds in the crowdfunding account. So we'll use that to get us through for the next probably week or two. Uh, but out of that, uh, yeah, we're going to be running dry and going through everyone's coin pockets. So. Okay. Well, what we'll do, we've already put a link to what you're doing on our Facebook page, but we'll do it again this week. And if people are out there listening and uh, want to contribute, either financially or uh, in whatever whatever they can do to help you, basically, um, we'll make sure that they can get in touch with you uh, via our Facebook page and, um, and they can just have a look. There's, it's called Operation Sponge, isn't it, if people just want to look for you themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Operation Sponge uh, via your page um, and... Uh, we've got a, the crowdfunding account is via my cause. So if you just go to mycause.com.au, Operation Sponge. Um, otherwise, there's links all over Facebook nowadays. It's it's getting pretty popular, which is great. Yeah, fantastic. All right, well, we really want this to continue. So uh, to all our listeners out there, if you want to get on board and help out, make sure you you do that and um, track down Operation Sponge because it's a, it's a wonderful thing that you're doing and we really want to see this be an enormous success. Thanks, AJ. What we're going to do is um, move on, but we will continue to keep up with you. We've got our radiothon over the next couple of weeks and, um, yeah, we mind catching up with you and uh, finding out how it's all travelling and continuing to support this great thing that you're doing. Good on you, Bronwyn. Thank you and you guys and the team for supporting this and doing the shout-outs every week. We really appreciate it. Oh, no worries. It's absolutely our pleasure. Okay, thanks, AJ. We'll catch you soon. Thanks, Bronwyn. Okay, bye for now.
AJ there, uh, down in Blairgowrie. Well, he's not in Blairgowrie, as it turns out, because they're running out of bioglue. So, yeah, get on board and help them because it's a wonderful thing they're doing. It is a wonderful thing that they're doing and um, hopefully it works out really well and uh, ends up being an incredible success story. Yeah. Now, we had a call. We have. Dr Surf has called in (laughs) and no doubt he's not on the phone anymore. (laughs) But he said, expletive... It's going off. We're talking about surf report here. <laughs> That's right. The surf is going off. He's a, he's a man of few but very important words, isn't he? He is. Surf. That's right. So presumably that's everywhere that you can catch a wave, uh, and anyone who was a really good surfer would wouldn't even be listening. So they're already down there, I bet. Fantastic. Thanks, Angeline. No worries. It's twenty-five to ten. This is Radio Marinara. A quick, uh, quick announcement for you. Uh, this is uh, Triple R and Intep- Intrepid Travel, um, presenting the Taiwan and Hong Kong tour from the sixteenth till the twenty-eighth of November with Phoebe Squared. Uh, no doubt you would have heard um, some station announcements about this amazing trip coming up. Trip includes Taipei, uh, Sun Moon Lake, Mingjing Farm, Taroko Gorge, cooking and whiskey whiskey tasting in uh, Yilan, and four nights accommodation in Hong Kong to coincide with that. And I have. So I wanted to say this, the Clock and Flap Music and Arts Festival. Now, there's only two places left on this amazing tour, only two places. So if you're keen to go, the depositor is due by tomorrow, 15th of August. And if you want some more details, contact Susie. She uh, can be contacted on 93881027. You're going to hear that number a lot over the next uh, couple of weeks. Or you can email intrepid at rrr.org.au. Did I mention the uh, Clock and Flap Music and Arts Festival. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. It's, it's, uh, it's wonderful. All right. What we might do, something seems something you know, funny. We had, a, we had a call earlier. I can go to that while you, while you keep fixing up the phone. Uh, from Andrew. Thanks, Andrew, for calling in. And he wanted to let me know that on surfline.com uh, there was a very interesting picture of a, a strange, what he thought looked like a floating brain off off the coast in WA. Uh, and if you go to surfline.com, it's a surf website, scroll down the bottom, there's a link to it, and it is, in fact, uh, a floating whale that has died and is completely descended and just looks like a big uh, UFO or giant brain floating on the ocean, um, which was which I thought was fascinating. I was reading yesterday about whale falls and uh, and that's exactly what will happen to that whale once the uh, the gas disappears. Is that its uh, body and skeleton will fall to the bottom of the ocean and uh, become a place for uh, deep sea animals or on the you know benthic animals to come and um, eat lots of the the blubber and and the bones and it creates like a little uh, um, area of high biodiversity. Yeah, yeah. A whole new ecosystem. It does, yeah. yeah. Whale falls. It was something I'd never heard of really till, till yesterday. How strange that sound. Well, yeah, anyway. Hey, thanks, Angeline. Have we got him back on? I think we do. <laughs> hey, Stefan, have we got you? Yes, yes. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what happened there. Oh, that's all right. And thanks very much to uh, Tim Thorpe who uh, donned his Superman cape and quickly grabbed that call for us as well. We're very grateful. This is how we, this is how we roll here at Triple R. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, so now you're at Parks Victoria. You're a Marine Parks Research Manager. Have I got your title right? Uh, yeah, Marine Science Manager. So I look after the uh, the research and monitoring programs for the, the marine protected areas. Fantastic. So, so how are things going with um, with the current marine research program with uh, all our marine national parks and sanctuaries? Uh, it's, uh, it's going pretty well. As you, as you probably know, we've got a, a lot of partnerships with different universities, and we rely on those partnerships to. Uh, 
help us out with a lot of the, the research projects. I think we're last count we're about sort of 60 research projects that have been completed or underway across the state since the parks were established in 2002. So, um, yeah, and a lot of those partnerships have been with uh, Deakin University, Melbourne University, RMIT, Monash, La Trobe and so on. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, it's been a, a pretty good program so far. And is there a, I like to think. Yeah, wow. I mean, 60, that's enormous. Is there? Have you found a, a, quite a large diversity in the types of research that you're doing? Is uh, And I'm guess, guessing also just with the diversity of the marine parks and sanctuaries that are out there as well, does each one sort of need to have its own specific approach? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the diversity of the research projects and, and the monitoring programs as well is, uh, is pretty amazing. It's... Um, get to work with some really intelligent, really amazing people in all fields of uh, marine science. So it's, um, uh, and as we discussed, I think it was late last year, down at Wilson's Prom, uh, often there's a, an element of discovery too where the areas that we didn't know much about previously we go in and uh, do sonar surveys and video surveys and discover some pretty amazing things, uh, amazing marine communities that uh, we didn't know were there. Now we're talking, um, obviously, the, the theme of this forum is share the love and the marine uh, parks volunteers are sharing their love with you as the marine parks managers and research managers and and, and vice versa. It's a, a two-way kind of flow of love, <laughs> as it were. How are you finding things uh, with what you need to do, Stefan, and what the volunteers can do, particularly in the role, of, uh, the role of citizen science with marine parks research and management? Are you finding it's something that's sort of getting more and more fine-tuned as time goes on? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a, it's a work in progress, but the the volunteers do some fantastic work, and uh, um, I'd sort of echo some of Mark's comments earlier that it's, it's amazing to see such a diverse group from uh, sort of people straight out of high school to those in their sixties and seventies who've been doing it most of their lives. A pretty amazing group of people that uh, and and huge amount of passion that um, we really want to support and really value their uh, contribution. So. Um, yeah, we, we've got our own citizen science program, Sea Search, as you, as you probably know, that we um, we try to support the volunteers to to implement in from the parks across the state. There's another one, that's Reef Life Survey, that's run out of um, University of Tasmania. It's of, uh, people like Don Love from Friends of Boyer Reef are very much involved in that. So um, yeah, it's, uh, volunteers collecting a whole range of information from sort of qualitative. Uh, sorts of information like uh, particular management issues, marine pests or legal fishing, species image libraries, right through to the, the sort of detailed uh, transact methods on subtitle release, recording fish numbers, seaweed cover and uh, mobile and bird abundance and that sort of thing. So, yeah, they, they do make a really valuable contribution and we're trying to get some feedback at this forum as we've done in previous ones about how we can better support them and how we can sort of best use the information they're able to get to us through, through their efforts. Hey, uh, what we're going to do, Stefan, is if it's okay with you, is have a quick chat with Louise. Um, we wanted to catch up with Don, but I understand he's underwater, along with Kate yep, Mills, who's yep, the new ReefWatch <laughs> coordinator who's also underwater. So we might wrap up just with a quick few words with Louise, who's uh, convening. Is that okay? Yep, yep, that's fine. I can pass you over to her. All right, fantastic. So uh, what we're doing now is uh, introducing uh, Louise Arthur, who's the convener of Share the Love down in Warrnambool. Uh-huh. Um, just to wrap up this segment, good morning, Louise. Morning, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Oh, yeah, pretty good. Great. We've got a couple of minutes left. We had a, a long chat with Mark earlier, so you can go and <laughs> beat him about the head for that. No, that's oh, all right. I was having a chat. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, you're convening this weekend. What's your role as convener? Are you, you're associated with a particular marine uh, volunteer group? 
Yes, I am. I'm with the uh, Friends of Merrime Marine Sanctuary. So that's just here, pretty much in the centre of Warnable, I guess. And, um, yeah, uh, the other, there's three of us mainly, and the other two on tropical climbs at the moment, so it was just me. <laughs> right. So work uh, with Marine Park, uh, sorry, Merai Park Marine Sanctuary, does that cover Middle Island? Um, Middle Island is within it, but um, because it's above the high tide zone, it's not actually included. Okay. But I do work with the penguins as well within Coast Air, Lancair. They're a group down here, so um, yeah, I'm pretty involved with the area. And uh, how have you found it with um, particularly because uh, Middle Island being the, the featured location in Oddball, which was a, a huge <laughs> smash success about a year ago? Have yeah. you found have you found that that's um, how has that impacted what you need to do as volunteers down in that way? Because I'm assuming the tourism has kind of probably uh, increased somewhat since that movie came out. Um, yeah, there's been a lot more um, tourism, a lot more people from around the area just outside Warrnambool coming in, interstate as well. And they do want to go over to the island to see the dogs, but the island's actually off limits to the public. So we thought we might have a lot of problems this year, but luckily enough, the, the locals seem to have been quite vigilant and um, told them, like, that kind of done our job for us and made sure that people didn't go over to the island and trespass and get in the way of the dogs doing their job. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds uh, what what would have been needed. We've got about a minute yeah. left, and um, yeah. I just wanted to ask you about um, some of the key themes coming out of the forum and, and what you've got planned for the rest of the day with your volunteers down there. Oh, the, the main thing with the forum is um, we're just all inspired now. It can be quite tough when you're volunteering and you're doing a lot of hours, and sometimes you don't get recognition, you don't get paid, you've still got your daily job to do, and you kind of get a bit flat. Mm. And this is the second one I've been to, and I just I'm so inspired now hearing all the stories, all these tactics that people have with their groups, and yeah, you just come out renewed and rejuvenated, and and ready to go for another year before the next share the love. Hey, that's a great note to end on, Louise. And I just want to thank you so much, and um, to all the volunteers down there, it would have been great to speak with all. How many are there? Thirty or forty of you? Yeah, about thirty of us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, it would probably take us a whole week to speak with everyone. But what I would (laughs) love to do, um, we've got our big uh, radiothon coming up for the next two weeks. But once that's finished, organise the time to actually speak with you specifically about what yep. you do down in uh, in the Merai uh, Marine Sanctuary yep. and um, and some of the great work that you do because uh, I'm sure all our listeners would love to hear more about that. Yeah, not a problem. All not right. Great. Thanks, Louise. Have a wonderful Thank day. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Not a problem. All right. We'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye, bye for now. There you go. That was Louise Arthur, convener of this year's Share the Love. We could have kept talking, Angeline, but we've got a couple of special guests ready to come we in. We do. We yeah. do indeed. So uh, what we're going to do is play a track. And um, Mick Sowery is one of our very special guests about to come into the studio along with Rob Gell. And they're going to be talking about we're sort of going from um, community banding together to uh, coastal managers banding together. And, Angeline, let's say up front that you and I are involved in organising this conference. We've been on the working group. We have. That's correct. So uh, we, we'll declare our interest there. But it's one of those things that's so important to bring this uh, out into the public to, so that people can understand what goes on behind the scenes of managing our marine and coastal areas. So Rob Gell is uh, a Victorian coastal councillor and he's coming in along with Mick Sowery, who is well known to Radio Marinara. Uh, um, I'm going to let Mick introduce himself. He's kind of bringing the arts to the sea and bringing the sea to the arts and exploring that wonderful interface and that's going to be the subject of his uh, conference dinner presentation. You are listening to Radio Marinara. 
We're now welcoming into the studio from the Victorian Coastal Council, Rob Gell. Welcome back. Hi, Brian. Nice to be with you guys again. It's wonderful to have you back. And Mick Sowery. Hi, Brian. Great to have you back. Thanks. Great to have you both back. You've both been in wearing different hats, doing different uh, things, um, representing different groups, and now you're both here at the same time because mm. you're both involved in the Coast to Coast Conference coming up. Yeah, and Mick just reminded me before we both saw each other last at a mutual friend's 21st birthday. <laughs> so a couple of years Which, ago. <laughs> just a couple of years ago. <laughs> As I said, we both had black hair back then. Yeah, but anyway, we're older and wiser, aren't we, Mick? Yep. Yeah. Mate, oh, no, not me. No, not you, yeah. <laughs> No, I just want to remind people really about the uh, Coast to Coast conference coming up uh, end of August and first day of September. Everything's finalised now and uh, anyone still interested in going along, we'd really there's uh, content for everybody. We've got the good keynotes, you know, Flannery and Ed Blakely, and, but Tundi Agardi's are going to be one that's going to be very, I'm really looking forward to hearing from. But lots of really good stuff that's practical work. I mean, we're actually putting executives in the space in locking them in a room together uh, on the Wednesday and saying, look, go and, go and find out, you know, why we're in this mess and fix it, right. uh, which is good. So we're all waiting. To, so those people are going to be around about too. So that's nice. It really sort of focusing that sort of need to um, provide some solutions to some of the problems that we're aware of in terms of functionality. But the rest of it is, you know, we've got a packed program for you tonight, folks, and steak knives as well, you know, everything's in there. <laughs> there's lots of... There's lots of really interesting stuff. Now, when you're talking about executives, who are these executives? And not individuals, but where are they from? What are they... Well, what? the Secretary of the Department of Environment uh, is, uh, is running one of the forums, um, uh, Adam Fennessy, and I'm really delighted in some other forums how he in particular is really now uh, customer-focused. He's out... Uh, amongst groups, in committees, finding out what people are talking about, and I'm really pretty impressed with that, uh, with what he's doing. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that as a session. Uh, if I just find my... The, the other uh, person is um, Kate Vinay, who's spent a lot of... Uh, in fact, I don't know whether this is a little-known fact, Kate's dad was my su- university supervisor. Oh, right. Yep, so the, 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 the famous or infamous Eric Charles Frederick Bird, coastal geomorphologist, Katie's an engineer, but she's been working with NAUS Group and others, and she's now back at the City of Melbourne. So she's facilitating a, a session as well, really on, you know, city and place and what we're doing and how all this sort of stuff works, and she's expert at that. So, uh, and uh, Jill Sparks, who's our Commissioner for Environmental Sustainability, she's r- helping to run all that as well. So we've got that nice contextual piece emerging as well. I think that's going to be very interesting to hear the feedback from those guys because they do have to do that. They, they have to tell us what they were talking about. Yes. So that'll be good. And this is not just Victorian executives no. in coastal management. Yep. They're, they're from all over the country, yep, aren't they? Absolutely. And, and we're bringing all the, the things that need to come in, all Indigenous things. So Kate Ortiz, our former commissioner and our commissioner in ACTs, bringing that Indigenous stuff in as well mm. and from around the country, absolutely. And uh, community-based uh, sessions as well. So we've spent the majority of our program speaking with um, volunteers who work with marine parks and sanctuaries. They're part of this as well, aren't they? There's yep. a, it's not just something that's for uh, for managers and for um, for government. Uh, and there'll be local government there as well. It's, it's really anyone who's doing anything to do yeah. with the coast. Anything from citizen science, you know, what can I do if I'm walking along the beach and I see something cool and I want to take a photograph of it, where does that go? Where does that, where does that data go? That's right, and that links straight right up. Right up. Yeah, that's no, really good. Yeah. Really good. The other thing I'm looking forward to is the dinner. Yes. So, uh, Mick, now, this is where you come in. Gulp. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so one of the great things, of course, about looking at, at uh, about marine and coastal management is that sort of that that link. And it's not necessarily about management or it's about science. It's about that uh, the, the role of the arts in terms of really accentuating that personal connection to the sea and that's where you come in. Well, I'm, ho- I'm hoping so. I've sort of got a loose plan. Uh, plenty of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three weeks, two weeks, two and a half, I'm counting. Let, let's talk yeah, about so, so for our listeners. So yeah, what I'm th- really thinking I'll do is um, try and look at it from a personal point of view as both an ocean user and as a... Um, an arts-based person and reflecting probably my personal experience and the experience of the things that I've been involved in in, with photographers, artists, writers um, and that expression of the seed that is the wet side to the dry of the science. Yeah, and... If that's a fairly loose... No, (laughs) no, that's right. And it's it's where that arts comes in and some of the collaborative work that you've done with Richard Tognetti in the Australian Chamber Orchestra, it really kind of demonstrates that... You can take this work anywhere, can't you? I mean, that, that connection to the sea can involve um, 300-year-old violins. There's, there's a connection anywhere here. Well, you can loosely associate the sea to anything anywhere, I think, you know, if you just look at it historically or geologically or in any way. I've been reflecting on it a bit over the last three weeks because I haven't actually written anything down about what I'll talk about, but it's that long, muddy mull inside the miasma of my brain and hope something cogent comes out. Yeah, and it's a really important thing too, I think also, Rob, um, so we're talking about the conference dinner yep. now and yep. this is a this is a big plug out there for people who haven't registered yet. This is not a very dry uh, forum where you're going to have people sitting around whiteboards with post-it notes. This is It's an, an opportunity to explore all kinds of things and the conference dinner is that opportunity where everyone's in the room at the same time can sit back, forget what they have to do, forget all their KPIs and their you know business planning cycles and all that stuff and actually focus on what everyone's there. We're allowed to have fun. Yes. <laughs> and we will. Uh, and I, I, I love the space that Mick's got into. I think there's, in the last two, three, maybe li- really a decade, this really lovely interface between science and the arts. Mm. And it's becoming really powerful. And I really, you know, it's a re- it makes you sit and think about a whole bunch of other stuff, about different ways of communicating and, and, and the enjoyment we get from either the dry science or just the environments that we go to we need to look after that's right there's a actually i was thinking about it too because part of the science and the arts and in my dear departed great ocean quarterly in the issue that never happened we were about to run a piece on a russian uh underwater photographer stroke scientist who called alexander selmanov who shoots in the black sea and under the arctic ice and basically invertebrates but they're some of the most magnificent pieces of art photography i've ever seen and that yeah it's just brilliant you know you don't you don't um until you see someone treat something scientific aesthetically and then you go kabang because it really it's it's almost an electric shock when you see a brilliance that shines across both universes yeah Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, so can I give the, the yes, website? Please Co- do. Coast to Coast 2000 or 2016. So that's all one big word C O A S T T O C O A S T 2016.org.au. It runs from the uh, 30th, of, 30th of August to the 1st of September. Lots of good stuff. Our new Minister for the Environment's coming to, to open the conference with uh, Lily D'Ambrosio. So it'll be wonderful to hear from her. She's done some excellent things, I think, in the energy portfolio already. Uh, and now we're sort of bringing those together. We're sort of leading the way because the Feds, you know, the Feds have copied to Victoria on that as well. But uh, so 
lots of really good things. Go and explore the program. Yeah, and have a good look at the website too because it's, uh, it's a cracker and it really gives you an idea of what's coming up. Thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure. No Thanks for coming in. Yep. Thank you to all our guests today, um, our great uh, team down in Warrnambool. Uh, we had Mark Rodrigue, we had Stephen Howe and uh, we had Louise Arthur and uh, thanks also to Rob Jill and to Mick Sarri. Thank you, Kent. He's done an amazing job panelling uh, an interesting show today and thank you, Angeline, very much. She's updating our Facebook page as we speak. Next week, it is the Triple R 2016 Radiothon. Kicks off on a Friday. Radio Marinara will be bringing our first uh, Radiothon show to you. We will catch you then. Call in and subscribe. Bye for now. Environmental Sciences. Triple R Sponsors. Three Triple R. That's it for the moment. This has been a podcast from Three Triple R, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.